Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. I'm going to introduce our guest speaker tonight. Clay is in the UK for a vineyard conference, so be praying for him. Um, but this this week, tonight, we have Jamie, and she is from Sullivan, where she lives with her husband and her two kids, occasionally some foster kids. She is a pastor at our Sullivan campus and grew up in Aurora with four younger siblings and also had some foster siblings growing up. Jamie has a passion for Jesus and spreadsheets, which as a type three on the Enneagram, I really support that. Um, she is currently growing as a communicator and loves to share her journey in finding her identity as a daughter of the one true king. So give it up for Jamie. Give her a nice welcome. Yes. Tell me when you can hear me. Okay. How are you guys? This is awesome. I love being here. You have such a great just atmosphere. And you guys are blessed with an amazing team. I got so many text messages this week, and I'm like, I don't know who this is. But they were all just welcoming and loving. And they really work, your team works throughout the week to make sure that this event goes off with love. And I really appreciate that. I hope you guys do too. So brag on your team for a little bit. Um, I don't know if they told you, because I don't really know how it works here, but I don't know if they told you the title of what I'm going to talk about, but if they did, just forget it. Because after I started praying into the topic of Holy Spirit, which is all Clay told me, by the way. Do you know Clay? He doesn't ever give you a lot of information. He's like, hey, will you talk about Holy Spirit? Yeah. Like, what? Right? Like, okay, so what about it? He's like, yeah, girl, whatever, whatever you think. I'm like, because that's a pretty broad topic. And so I think I told him something about freedom from fear, which is true. But as I was really praying into him, like, I don't even want to instill that. I really want to instill that Holy Spirit empowers us to love. So we're going to focus on the love part and not so much on the fear part, although I understand that that is something that comes into our lives every day and um, probably affects you college kids, because I remember being where you are. So we are in the topic of Holy Spirit. I understand that over the past couple of weeks, you've been talking about Holy Spirit in some different ways. So what I want to ask you tonight is I just want you to clear your mind. And when I say the phrase, Holy Spirit ministry, what comes to your mind? And so you can shout something out if, if something comes to your mind. Okay, prophecy, lying on the ground, speaking in tongues, food. Did I hear food? <laughs> and there's no wrong answer here, by the way. Well, I guess it could be, but none of these answers seem, seem wrong. Um, and so, like, when I think about Holy Spirit ministry, I have some different thoughts myself. And so that's why when Clay was like, speak on Holy Spirit ministry, I was like, wow, because that could be a lot. Um, I grew up in the Salvation Army. How many people know that the Salvation Army is a church, not just a mission or a thrift store? It is. It's a church. The Salvation Army meets every Sunday. They have church just like all the other churches. Actually, that's how they started off as a church. So I grew up in the Salvation Army. One thing about the Salvation Army, the way I grew up, was I understood that there was a Holy Spirit that's really about it. I didn't really know much of anything else. Now, I love and value the Salvation Army, even today. Um, we don't have a Salvation Army in Sullivan, um, but I love the Salvation Armies around, and I think they're a great place. One thing that I felt that I missed out on, though, was some aspects of the Holy Spirit and how Holy Spirit can empower me in my life today. So when I was about 18 or 19, I was like going, I wanted to go from one spectrum to the next. Like I just was like, I'm going to go to a spirit-filled church, okay? So I found like the most spirit-filled church that I could find, and I went there. And they had this big conference, and I'm like, this is it. And what happened was, in this church, they believed that if you basically didn't speak in tongues on command, you weren't really saved. 
And so that's what was told to me. And I came with such expectancy. And there was, oh, it was a conference. So there was, it was a huge amphitheater. I mean, thousands of people. And I beelined it to the front. So you know I came, like I wanted something. And to be up there and I see everyone rolling on the ground and speaking in tongues. And I'm not judging. It wasn't me, but I'm like, I want this. I was excited for it. I'm like, if this is what it is, then I want it. To have someone then to say, well, you know what? If you can't do this, then you're not saved. And I, have you ever been in that spot when you're like, do you fake it? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I didn't. And I walked out of there believing that I was not saved. I walked out of there believing that everything that I had ever done in my life was not good enough for God because he didn't give me the gift of tongues. And so I was not saved. And if I died in the car accident on the way home, I was going to hell. And that's just how I felt. And that affected me for years. So I was about 18 or 19. Then I landed on the college campus here. And I lived at the atrium, which was right next door to the vineyard, by the way. This is how dense I was. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was a church. <laughs> and I lived right next door to it. Um, so I lived right next door to the atrium. And I was living my life with the belief that I wasn't saved anyway. So I'm like, if I'm going to hell, I'm going to have fun on my way. Is, can anyone relate to that? I mean, no one in this room ever. But maybe you know somebody who might be living that way. And that's what I did. Um, so, I, that's a, I don't need to go down there, that rapid trail, but you know where I'm getting at. That's how I lived. Like, I partied, I had inappropriate relationships, did drugs, like anything that could be done for me to think I was having a good time, that's what I did, and it never fulfilled the need. So, when I think about Holy Spirit ministry, I either think about that time in, of my life at the Salvation Army, which is great, but like no one ever raised their hands. There was no praying for healing, like something was lacking. Or I think about people rolling on the ground and speaking in tongues and someone telling me I wasn't saved. So it's from, you know, one extreme to the next. And so I imagine when you think about Holy Spirit ministry, it's, it's maybe somewhere in between there. So what I want to propose tonight is I want to talk about Holy Spirit, but I want us to come to an understanding that we all have different ideas. And they're not all wrong or right, they're different, and they're probably based a lot of on our own circumstances. So I want you to clear your mind of that, and I want to take some time, and I just want to talk about biblically who is Holy Spirit, okay? So we're going to erase everything in our minds, and we're going to talk about who is Holy Spirit. So we're going to go through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I think when I was doing my studies after this, I thought this makes total sense of why we all have a different idea of who Holy Spirit is. So we're going to talk about the sequence here. So in Hebrew, the word for spirit is, brace yourself, ruach. You got to like choke on it, okay? It's ruach. So, so say it. Everyone say it. Ruach. Yeah, yeah, you got to clear your throat. I'm going to try and be nice to the people that like have to disinfect the microphone, so I'm not going to do it. But the more you clear your throat, the closer you are to the word. So, ruach in Hebrew, see, Hebrew is like a simple language, okay? And simplicity is great in, in some in cases, and in other cases, it's not. But in this case, I think it's good. It's very simple. And so, ruach actually means, in Hebrew, any breath. Wind, mind, or spirit. So anytime you are reading the Old Testament and you see the word breath, wind, mind, or spirit, the original Hebrew word is rock. So you can say it out loud when you're reading just for some extra fun. And so what, so what they believed, and I think it's... I think it's true. I think they were onto something here, these original biblical Hebrew writers, was that that was all God's spirit, okay? And so they believe that God has a ruach, you have a ruach, and there are some even spirits around us that have their own ruach, their own will, their own agendas. So when you breathe in, everyone breathe in. That's ruach. Breathe out. That's ruach. What are you thinking about right now? Don't say it out loud, but what are you thinking about? The thought is ruach. When you have an idea, that's ruach. When you have an emotion, when you feel something, anything mental or in your mind, the Hebrew writers would say that's ruach. 
When you go outside and you feel the wind on your face, when you see the leaves blowing in the wind, that wind, that unseen force is ruach. And so the Hebrew writers have that one word for a very vast meaning. So moving forward to the New Testament, we have, it's a not quite as fun word, but it's um, pneuma. Make sure that's right, because I, I can't even remember it because it's not as fun. Pneuma. Um, and so whenever you read the words in the New Testament, mind, uh, spirit, wind, it's pneuma. So you can, you can think about that when you read it, pneuma. But what's cool about the writers of the New Testament, see, now we're in Greek. And we're many, many hundreds of years from the Hebrew time to the Greek time. Language has evolved. And so the, the writers in the Greek, they want to give us some, um, some more context, okay? So if I could, I need a volunteer. This guy, you look enthused. Can you come up here? <laughs> Thumbs up. Okay. Okay. So you're going to be, you're rock. Rock. <laughs> you're rock. So you're my Hebrew word, rock. You're very simple, which is a good thing. You're not very complicated. It's like just things are rock. Okay. So you're going to be, you're going to be the Greek. This is going to be the illustration that I think why sometimes we can be timid with Holy Spirit ministries. But we're going to start with this. What's your name? John. John. We're going to start with John. John's very simple. He represents the Hebrew rock. Hold on. I got to like get spit in my mouth. Rock. Okay. <laughs> then several hundred years later, we have New Testament authors and they're writing in Greek and they use the word pneuma. Who's going to be my pneuma? I need a pneuma. Imager. I need to get that shirt, by the way. All right. So, you're, so now, now we have, we're both talking about Holy Spirit, but we have Rock and we, what's your name? Zach. Zach. Okay. And Zach is going to be our pneuma. Now, Zach is a little more creative, okay, because he's, he's Greek, and, he, and he's going to be a little bit more creative. Are you a creative person? They're all laughing like this like, makes sense. Okay. Here's, here's how they're different, though. Both, both good, but here's how they're different. John believes that you already understand what Ruach is. He's not going to explain it. He believes that you already understand it. So when Hebrews wrote to Hebrews, they believed that everyone already stood every, understood everything that they're writing about. So they didn't give a whole lot of context. So they didn't give a whole lot of context for the concepts like the Holy Spirit. They just believed that you already understood it. You should know this. It's like when you're married or you're in a long-term relationship. Don't you know me? Like You should just assume that you know. And the language was very, the words, the vocabulary was very simple, but the language was actually very complex, okay? Here's an example. Did you know that the first verse, the first chapter of Genesis 1 in the original Hebrew text is seven words? The second verse is seven times two, and the third verse is seven times three. Now, if you're Hebrew, you're just supposed to know that. It's not explained to you. Every Hebrew knew that. And every Hebrew knows that's a pattern. And if you have a seven pattern, every Hebrew knows that you're supposed to read the sentence and then look at the first, the middle, and the last word and read between the lines. And so the, the middle word of the first sentence of the Bible is the word et. And it's actually two letters. The first letter is the first letter of the alphabet, and the second letter is the last letter of the alphabet, meaning the beginning and the end. And you're just supposed to get that. And so you're just supposed to know when you read Genesis and when you're reading that topic that you're reading about the beginning and the end. You're supposed to know that there is a pattern of seven. And you're supposed to know that if the pattern of seven breaks, it's for a reason and you better pay attention. Guess when the pattern of seven breaks? On the Sabbath. You're on it. I know. It's going to be recorded. It's going to be recorded. So it's on the Sabbath. Okay, so the Hebrew writer or the Hebrew reader is just supposed to know. Just supposed to know this stuff, John. So what is, what is the pattern that breaks? Does anyone want to know what the pattern is that breaks? Yes, everyone wants to know. And every day, I'm losing this. Sorry, I'm going to fix it. And every day before the seventh day, there is a reference in the pattern of seven of time, day or night, but there's not on the Sabbath, and you are just supposed to know that. So when, when the Sabbath comes, and then when Jesus says, 
I am the Sabbath, what is he saying? I am eternity. I have no beginning. I have no end. I'm breaking the pattern. Okay? So we're all just supposed to know this. And that is just one example. So when we talk about rock, they just believe that the, write, the readers just believe that Hebrews just know this. They're very simple. You should, just, you should just know this. One word, several meanings, lots of implications. Now, come over here to Zach, right? Okay, so Zach, though, he's writing to different people. Zach in the Greek New Testament, he is writing to believers and Gentiles, people that understood Hebrew and people that didn't. So he's like, I have to write this in a way that they get it because they don't know seven times one in the first sentence and seven times two in the second and seven times three in the third and that there's a pattern and they don't know this stuff. So he, when he writes, he has to give context, especially for the Gentiles, which for most of us, that's us. So he wants to provide some extra context. Here's an example. So, Zach, our, he, our uh, Greek writer, is telling the story of Jesus being baptized. And so, how many know the story? He's baptized, he's in the water, and the spirit comes like a dove. Okay. The word that he's using there is still pneuma. He's actually referencing John in Genesis 1 when he says the spirit is hovering over the waters. It's a hyperlink. But he has to explain it because not everybody understands that Hebrew context. So he says, hovering like a dove. How many people love to be on the lake? Okay, we live right by Lake Shelbyville. We have a boat, and we are there anytime that we can be there. And the birds, they, they come down, and they hover on the water. So Zach is putting something into context for you because he's like, they're not going to get the hyperlink to Genesis 1 if I just say that. So I want to put it, I want to describe it, and I want to say, like a dove, so beautiful. And some um, translations and some, the way it's recorded in some different ways, will say, like, the heavens opened, and, the, and I don't know what word. It's like um, some of them say, not forcefully, but like, powerfully comes down and some just say ascend like a dove but they're trying to describe it to you so they're giving more context okay so now we had something simple that got a little bit more broad which is good it's not a bad thing okay now let's talk about english how many words do we have for the same thing in english lots we have lots of words. So even thinking about like mind, just, let's just pick one concept for spirit for mind. We've got mind. We have mental. We have thoughts. We have ideas. We have emotions. We have, I mean, the list goes on and on. So the vocabulary words just even get bigger. So on top of that, we translated the Bible into English many different ways. How many people want to guess how many versions there are of the English Bible? More than 200. More than 300. More than 450. So I need 450 volunteers. <laughs> okay, how about we just pretend there's five more people up here and each person represents 100 people, okay? So the point that I want to make to you is that we started off with a simple concept of spirit, and then when the Greek writers, they wanted to make sure, which is not a bad thing, but they wanted to make sure that the Gentiles who didn't understand Hebrew would understand the concept of spirit. And so they talked about it and gave it some more context. And each writer was a little bit different and may explain it in a little bit of a different way depending on their experience and who they were writing to. And then we have the English Bible that comes along that people died for, by the way, for us to have. And now we have 450 translations, which I think is beautiful. Sometimes what happens, unfortunately, is either something really isn't translated correctly or when we read it, we interpret it not correctly. And that can be damaging when we think about especially topics like spirit. Then we need to think about churches. How many churches do we have? And several churches may use different um, versions of the Bible, and then they have their own interpretations. You guys can sit down. Thank you so much. 
And so I wanted to just release us. I wanted to release you guys, and I want you guys to take that release and that grace to your friends, back to your churches, back to people you talk to, and just understand that if someone has a different concept of Holy Spirit than you do, that is why. It's not just them not getting it, or it's not just you not getting it. It's just a misfortunate thing that has happened through the course of time. But it's important for us to have a concept of who Holy Spirit is biblically. So I was thinking about the best way to talk to you guys about that. I'm like, God, what do college students want? What is going to help them understand the concept of Holy Spirit? You know what he said, no doubt? Study notes. And I'm like, no, like no college student wants study notes. Here's the thing. I wish I had more time to talk. And so I have prepared study notes. I don't want you to take them and read them tonight. I don't want you to worry about them. I want you to have them if the moment comes up and you want to know a little bit more. So they're on the back table. They're free. You can just take it when you walk out. You can throw it away if you want. But I think, I think keep it just in case you want to talk a little bit more about it. Um, Oh, I wanted to give you this fun illustration about, uh, about spirit. So Ecclesiastes 7, 9, if we look at the Hebrew, I'm going to geek out a little bit here, okay? If we look at the Hebrew context and we read it just word from word Hebrew, this is what it says. Not do hasten in your spirit to be angry for anger in the bosom of fools rests. Okay. Not do hasten in your spirit to be angry for anger in the bosom of fools rests. Okay, so that's the Hebrew, just word for word. God's words translation says, don't be quick to get angry because anger is typical of fools. New International Version says, do not be quickly provoked, new concept, provoked, in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. New Living Translation Control your temper. That's the one I resonate with. I'm Mexican. I'm Hispanic. I don't know if you guys have any Mexican friends, but sometimes we can have some tempers. I always tell my husband, I'll take my shoe off. I'll take my shoe off and hit you with it. Okay, so control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Different. International Standard Version says never be in a hurry to become internally anger, angry since anger settles down in the lap of fools. And the contemporary English version says, only fools get angry quickly and hold a grudge. I like how they like put that in, hold a grudge. Not in the original text. But I can, I can see why you'd want to add that. That's just one verse. There's more than 23,000 verses. So... What I don't want to do is instill fear. Why should I read the Bible? It's contradictory. Not only are these words translated different, but even some things on one verse will say something completely different on another verse. And what I would want to empower you guys with is Holy Spirit. That's why we need Holy Spirit, because he's our teacher. You don't have to know Hebrew. That's the great thing about Holy Spirit with working with you. You don't have to know Hebrew. He can talk to you when you read the verses, and he can explain to you what this means and how you can apply it in your life today. So that's the amazing thing. I think that is the beauty of the Bible. I was listening to, um, oh, Johnson, Bill Johnson, and he gave this analogy that was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Um, how many people like to cook? Oh, can you make me some food? Um, I'm not a good cook. Uh, I don't even want to get into some of the stories. I have had meltdowns over pancakes, and it's just the ones that you add water to, like just the mix. I just can't get it right, and then I add a little bit more mix, and then it's too thick, and I add a little bit more water, and it's too thin. I have a huge pan full of mix, and I just throw it away and I cry. It's a true story. It really did happen. Um, so I just stay away from that now. But I have had to learn how to cook some new things because I follow a keto plan. I don't know if any of you know that, but I follow a keto plan because I had a tumor. And I go to Mayo Clinic for it every year. And my doctor said, you know what? If you will limit your sugar, you won't feed these tumors. 
And so I researched some different sugar-free plans, and I decided to go with the ketogenic plan. I've been doing that for several years, and for me, it's great. But I've had to learn how to cook new things. And I've, I've met some friends who like to cook ketogenic meals. And I eat the meal, and it's good. Have you ever gone to, like, a really nice restaurant, and you eat something, and it's like heaven in your mouth? Okay, and then, and, but then you get the recipe for it, and so I'm like, I need this recipe because I need to make this myself. And there's stuff in there that I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. That's gross. I've had that. This part's good. I like this part. And so you know what I've done is I've gone to the store and I've like tried to substitute things. Like I don't like that ingredient, so I'm going to substitute it with this. I don't know what that is, but this kind of sounds the same, so maybe that's going to work. I like this a little bit more, so I'm going to add more of this. I like that a little bit less, so I'm going to add a little bit. And I'm trying to create like my own thing. And what do you think happens when I take a bite of it? Ugh. But if I just would follow the recipe and put in there what's supposed to be in there, when it all comes together, it's actually really good. And the Bible's like that. Right? There are some verses that were like, I don't understand that. I don't even know what that means. There are some verses that are a little bland. Like, how, why is that even in here? That surely can't provide any taste to what the recipe calls for. You know those like begot verses? Right? So-and-so, begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so. And it's like chapters of that. To me, I think those are the bland. You know, it's like really, but does that really add to the whole meal? But they do. And it's with all of it together. And so when we read the Bible, when we think about Holy Spirit, even the things that don't make sense to us, put it all together, all while having relationship with Holy Spirit and Jesus to talk to us about the recipe. Because then when we, when we eat it that way, right? The Bible, when we eat it that way, it's so good. And we're like, wow, even these bland things make sense now. It all starts to come to life. So what does the Holy Spirit empower us to do? These things are the things that are in your study notes. They're biblical. So if you want to test it, please do. Please look them up. The scripture references are in that study guide that's in the back. Um, I'm not going to take the time to go over each scripture, but it's there for you to look at. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to dream. Who dreamt in the Bible? Joseph. Daniel, Joseph was actually the first reference in the Bible of someone being filled with the Holy Spirit. And what, his, what he did was dream in that reference. And so dreamers in the room, even if you, I was telling me on the way up here, I was like, I had a dream that Dolly Parton was at my house. <laughs> okay, so dreams are fun. But dreams are a gift from God. They are from Holy Spirit. So if you dream, know that's a gift and ask God for more. If you have nightmares, know that Satan's trying to attack your gift. <laughs> that's what helped me. That's what helped me because I had nightmares growing up. I had things that, I'm not going to go into detail tonight, but I've had things that have happened to me growing up that have scarred, did scar me and gave me nightmares every night. I have horrible nightmares. And then I felt like God was like, but you are a dreamer. This is a gift. And I'm like, oh. well, then of course it makes sense that Satan's going to try and come in and distort it and make me afraid, make me afraid of a gift that God gave me. I was afraid to go to bed at night. So if you have nightmares, this is where the fear is. We're going to take the fear out, and God is empowering you to have that gift. So we just pray against that so that you can have amazing dreams because it's a gift, biblical gift. We can bring life. We can speak life into things when we're empowered with the Holy Spirit. We can restore relationships, we can restore families, we can restore marriages. I'm a product of all of those myself, so I know that's true. Uh, I think Clay talked to you guys last week, so I won't go into a lot of detail about it, but you are empowered to prophesy. And that is biblical, and the scripture references are back there, but rock, rock, oh, gosh, I have to drink a lot of water after this, and Numa, the Holy Spirit, can influence our minds to give us information that we would otherwise not know. Same thing with Daniel when he knew the dreams and what they meant. We can have information that we would otherwise not know. We can also be empowered to make decisions. This was, this is like my life story. So when my husband and I were married about seven years, we both, we separated and we both had affairs. I had many. <laughs> 
It's horrible. And Holy Spirit came to me one day, which is also proof that Holy Spirit is after people even when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay? I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And Holy Spirit came to me, and I knew that I knew that I knew that he wanted to restore my marriage. And then I'm like, okay, if you really want me to do that, then, God, you're just going to have to give me dreams because I'm a dreamer, and you're going to have to give me dreams. And you know I did. I'm like, dang, okay, God, but uh, that was just one dream, and I probably just dreamt it because I was thinking about it. So if it really should be a thing, give me another dream. And, and he did. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. So every night I had dreams, and they were different, but they were all about God restoring my marriage. And so I had to make a choice that was against anything I ever thought. And I thought this meant that I was going to be married to a man that I didn't love for the rest of my life. This meant that I was never going to have sex again. And that was a big deal because I was having sex with a lot of people. And so, like, I'm never going to have sex again. I'm going to be with someone that I don't love for the rest of my life. But you know what? I cannot deny that Holy Spirit spoke to me, so I'm going to do it. And you can apply this in your everyday lives. You know when Holy Spirit's talking to you. The first way you can know it is because it's not your own thought. <laughs> like, I was like, this is not my own thought to be back with someone after what we have gone through. And so I will never forget, I, I broke off my relationship with the guy that I was with currently. I moved back in, and months and months and months went by. One day, I don't know if this is TMI, one day my husband dropped something on the floor, and he bent over to pick it up, and I was like, mm. <laughs> I can't you not, and then I, I freaked out. Like, I went to the bathroom. I felt like I needed a shower. It was gross. It was like thinking about that, like your own brother. Like, it was just, I just couldn't believe it. Anyway, one thing led to another. We were remarried, and we are celebrating 16 years. And so it's awesome. Holy Spirit can do amazing things, and he can do it through you guys. Holy Spirit so empowers us to make choices. You know the right choice to make, little or big. And so Holy Spirit in you empowers you to make the right choices. Holy Spirit empowers us to heal the sick, raise the dead, and feed the poor. It's interesting, in Paul's letters to Christians, Christians, so most of us in this room, Paul's letter to Christians say that the Holy Spirit is equated with the presence of God and the presence of Jesus. So going back to um, what we think when we think about Holy Spirit ministry. That's what I want to think about. I want to think about the presence of God and the presence of Jesus. And of all the English words that I can think to describe that is love. And so when I think about Holy Spirit ministry, I want God to help me to only think about love and what that looks like every day for me. When I came onto this campus, after what had happened to me in my life and after that church and what I experienced there, I may have looked like I had it together, but I was dying. And I went to classes. No one talked to me about the love of Jesus. No one invited me to church the whole time I was here. Maybe they did, but I didn't hear it. I don't think anyone did. I needed you. I wish that the me that I am didn't do the things that I did. But here's the thing. God's going to pursue who the, who's he pursuing? Blah, blah. God is going to pursue the people he's pursuing with or without you. So you can have a choice if you want to be a part of that or not. No one was a part of it for me on this campus. And I don't know, that was, I mean, just a few years ago. I don't know if the atmosphere is the same or not. But if you're on this campus, it better be different. It better be better. Because God is empowering you to do it, and you have the choice. So when you look at your, your classmates, and that fear comes up, like, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? I think it's Wimber 
who quotes this, but when we talk about, like, I'm scared I'm going to look like a fool. Everybody is somebody's fool. Whose fool are you going to be? What choice are you going to make? And you may talk to 10 people, and maybe all 10 seem to think you're weird. I guarantee you, though, they're going to think about it. I guarantee you that you're planting the seed. I guarantee you that God is after them. And if you think, should I not say anything? Should I just not say anything? Did Jesus die for them? So do it. And if you don't do it, (laughs) don't beat yourself up. Because God's going to do it anyway. And so there are times, I mean, just the other week, it was like, the situation came up. I told my husband, I, was, I came home. I was like, I cannot believe this. The situation came up. It happened at a doctor's office. At a doctor's office. And, you know, there's a sick person. And I'm like, God, this is like right here. They're obviously sick. I should tell them something. So I'm thinking about what to say. And they're talking to me. They strike up the conversation. It's like God is like, let me give this to you on a, on a platter. And he says, this guy says to me, are you a Christian? And I said, yes, I'm a pastor. (sighs) (laughs) And he says, I'm Hindu. And my first thought is, oh, my God, I don't know a lot about that that religion or what they believe. And I should have done my studies. And I don't know what I'm going to say. And and he says, well, I have some people, sometimes some friends, they invite me to church, to Christian church. And if they invited me, I would go. I was like, good. (laughs) Like, are you serious? And so then I'm like, I should invite him. Like, I, I, what do I say? I should, I should invite him. So I start making small talk about our church and small town and, you know, just yada, yada. And then he's like, oh, whatever. We have small talk. And then he's like, okay, well, I got to go. I'm like, oh, bye. <laughs> and he left. And that, and that was it. And, and he's an employee at the, at the office. And I came home. I told Kevin, I'm like, I just blew it. I just blew it. And so I'm still wrestling with that. Like, I'm being vulnerable. I'm telling you, I'm still wrestling with it. So we blow it. I know that God's pursuing him. And I don't know if I should, like, make an appointment, so I have to go back there. Um, <laughs> if I should just send him a letter, like, you know, you're invited. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm still praying into that. I don't know what to do because I know that I missed it. But I know that even when I miss it, God never lets me miss it. Okay, and God's not like, well, you blew that one, so I'm not going to give you another opportunity. And so then I'm like, okay, God, you know, so it's just about taking each opportunity anytime that you can and speak life. It doesn't have to be weird. Like, it can be, and sometimes it is, but it doesn't have to be. You don't have to go up to someone like, what it should about a Honda, you know, like you can just, you can just say what you feel like God is wanting to share with them. You know, I should have bought a Honda. I got a flat tire on the way here on my Ford. I did. That's when you're like, I know it's going to be good. I told Nita, I know it's going to be good when you get a flat tire on your way and you still made it on time. Like, we still made it here on time. Um, and so I think, uh, I think this is a good time to do some examples of how we can have Holy Spirit ministry just in our everyday lives. It doesn't have to seem to be weird. But guys, this is a safe place to practice. And so we can share with people um, while you're in a group like this or in your small group or at your church. Practice with people. Say, this is what, I, and a good way to say it, this is what I sense God has for you. This is what I feel like God is saying. You know, and then you can even say, like, I don't know, it might be the bad pizza I ate yesterday, but this is what I think. And then ask the question, like, does that resonate? Does that resonate? No one's ever going to be like, that was horrible, dude. I'm not going to be your friend anymore. And, like, give you the finger and walk off. Like, they're just, I mean, maybe, but I don't think that's going to happen. And it's also really cool to practice if you're in a group like this, a safe environment with someone you don't know. Because then you can really test, like, how am I hearing from Holy Spirit? And the more you do it, the more you realize, oh, that's what it feels like when I'm really getting a download from God. Like, for me, it's like I'm thinking this way, this way, this way, this way. My Ruach, my Ruach, my Ruach, Ruach. And then there's a sideways Ruach. That's not at all what I was thinking. That lets me tune in. That might be God. God might be wanting to say something. Um, And so the sense that I got during ministry, I mean, during worship time, was that 
I, I got the strong sense that for everyone in this room, you all want to make a difference. You want to matter. Whether you feel like you do or you don't, you want to. This is the opportunity. This is it. So look at the neighbor next to you and say, I want to matter. Look at them and say, you matter. <laughs> that was louder. That was, that, was, that, was, that was good. You matter. I know that you want to make a difference in your world, and this is an opportunity to do that. Okay, so um, Nita, if you, do you have a microphone? Do you have any senses and stuff? You can come up. Okay, uh, so um, I would like to invite, if you are praying to, tra to if you're trained to pray, praying to pray, um, I'd like you, I think you guys move to the side uh, if you're trained to pray. And um, I'm going to share some words that I felt like God was saying, especially during worship time. These things came. And then Nita's going to share some words. And if anyone on the team had something that they wanted to share, um, that would be great too. So I, I don't know who the, guy, who the gentleman was here. I think it was a gentleman here that was talking about, um, think of like a stress. Is that you think about something that you're stressing about just this week? Um, that was so meaningful. And so another important thing is if someone has a word and it resonated with you, can you let them know? Because I would want to know because it would help me like, oh, when I felt that, when I sensed that, this is how it was. Can you, can you let them know? That was very meaningful to me personally. Um, and so what I was thinking about is there's a situation. I can't go into detail about it. I know this is being recorded. Um, but to say there's a child in the Chicagoland area that has no family. And that is what was stressing me this week. And so when you, when you said that, I got the image that I am like laying this boy, this six-year-old boy, down at Jesus' feet at the cross and I know that God's pursuing him and so then when we were singing the worship song I knew that his this boy's spirit that God gave him like there's no junior Holy Spirit <laughs> there's no little Holy Spirit big Holy Spirit I knew that the spirit in him was crying out to God and I felt in the moment that his the spirit in him and the spirit that's pursuing that little boy was singing along with us it was so powerful. So thank you. I'm sure it resonated with other people, but just thank you for that. And then as I was praying into that, I felt like God said there's more. And what I felt like he was saying is that there is someone in this room that does not have family. You do not have a biological mom and dad either because they passed away when you were little or because they decided for whatever reason not to raise you. And so if that's you today, I want to pray with you personally. And I'm going to say, to be vulnerable, I don't know what to say. But I just know that God is after you. And I'm just going to know that God will give words. I actually had a word very similar to what Jamie's, and it had to do with love. But I feel like someone here specifically has felt like, like, never felt genuine love in your life, not from family, um, but never really felt genuinely loved. Um, and I feel like God wants to pour out love on everyone here. But if you're, if you feel like that's you, uh, I would love to pray for you. And also, I felt like there was a word, I'm just going to prof prophesy this out over everyone. I feel like there's going to be a, um, an actual, like, revolution of young people who... Um, how do I want to say this? Hungry for the word. Mm -hmm. And at this campus, God is going to begin to speak to you through the Bible by the power of the Holy Spirit. And things are going to change but I, I think the word for this year, for this campus, one word is read the Bible. Because it's going to become fresh. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be revelation. And I don't, I don't know if that resonated, but I just released that. So I'm mm -hmm. going to actually pray that over, over all of you right now. God, I just release your Holy Spirit 
to pour out revelation through the word. Truth is going to begin to just settle in your hearts and your minds. It's going to combat the lies. If we have a keys player, that would be great. And if anything um, that was said or even not said, but if something resonates with you, I welcome you to go ahead and move to the side for prayer. If there's a team member that had a word they wanted to share, if you would come forward to do that. Um, but I would like to also just do some popcorn uh, ministry because I was sensing some things happening. So the lady right here, the Illini shirt on, like, yeah, yeah, no, oh, okay. I'm at an Illini campus, and I'm like, the one with the Illini shirt. Everyone's like, me, okay. So, and the white Illini shirt directly in front of me. So, I mean, I could tell that you are moved. I feel like something's, like, really happening in your life. I'm not sure if you know that or not, but I felt like God is actually giving you a, a new sense of calling, um, something new, something fresh, and boldness. And so I felt like maybe, I don't know, I don't know you, I felt like maybe you resonated a little bit with, I want to make a change. And so I feel like God's going to place on, on your heart exactly what that's going to look like. Do you have siblings? <laughs> right next to her. Good one, God. Good one, God. I felt like it was going to be some, something together with siblings. So, and uh, sitting right next to her. God is so good. Um, so I felt like there was something like that, that, like, because um, at first I thought generational, but it was like, no, same generation. Same generation, something happening. So something new in your sibling set. Do you have other siblings or just the two of you? Okay. So something new in your sibling set. So get with them and talk with them. Are they all Christians? <laughs> okay. You two Christians? Sorry, I just like put you on the spot, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, that's going to change. It's going to change. That's awesome. I see like a sister's ministry. Um, but that's going to that's gonna change because uh, siblings, there's something special and something hard too, especially when you don't think the same. Um, so God's doing something new in you guys, uh, sibling together. So you, you guys are doing it together. You don't have to do it on your own. Co uh, co cooperate, collaborate with each other. I'm not good with words. I wish I was just Hebrew and I only had a few words. Um, but God's going to do something new with you guys and your family. And I think it's going to impact more people than just your sibling group. So it's super exciting. Anyone else had? I mean, I'll just keep going, but got something? Hi everyone. Um, yeah, so earlier today I was at Harvest Market. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. Um, yeah, it's a great place to study. It's anointed. Um, but I was studying and um, I like look up and I see this like barrel. Um, you know those like big barrels with like the things around them. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Hannah. I'm like um, whiskey barrels. Yeah, kinda. It's like the big uh, wooden barrels <laughs> I know with metal. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I was like looking at it, and there was like a big hole in the side of it. Um, whatever. And then I was like praying about kind of what the feeling in the room was, and I just feel like a lot of people are inside this barrel, and they're heading towards a waterfall, but they can't tell they're heading towards a waterfall, um, and they're just kind of like closed-minded they don't really know like that destruction is coming and that the path that they're going down right now like destruction is coming um and I don't say that to scare you but I say that to like you can break free from this barrel um there's a hole in the side and if you look out you're going to be able to break free from this barrel and so um I just believe a lot of people on this campus um don't see that their actions and the things that they're stepping into and the friend groups that they're in are leading them down this like kind of rabbit hole um down this waterfall um, that they're not going to be able to get back up. Um, and so I just, like, want to pray that over you guys, that you, like, look out the hole and see that God has so much more, and it's so beautiful outside, um, and he wants you to play in the river and not go down, like, this path of destruction. And so um, I'm just going to pray that over you guys. Um, if you resonate with that, just hold out your hands. Um, so, yeah, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your grace tonight. 
Yeah, we thank you for your love. God. Yeah, we know that you chase after the one. You chase after the person that's lost, God. And so I pray right now that the people that feel like they're in this barrel, that feel the, the water coming and they're getting really scared, I pray you just pick them up, God. I pray you empower them to break free from the strongholds that they're struggling with, God. I pray that they're able to reach out to friends and the community that's here at Alive. And that they reach out and they're able to find community and find the love of God, like, through these people. And so I just feel like God's saying, like, like, just one more step. You're almost there. And it's scary, but he's just saying, look at me, look at me. I love you so much. And I just feel like the revelation of God's love is going to come over you. And the second that you see Jesus' face, all the fear, all the shame, all the doubt is going to be gone. And so I feel like if that resonates with you, I just encourage you to go get prayer with a leader tonight and just to step into that. Amen. Thank you so much. So this is actually for, it's Morgan, right? Okay, so I was going to come over and tell you, but I felt like I wanted to tell you. Um, I have this verse for you, but it says, um, it's like written to God. So it says, for the source of your pleasure and not is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you. And I feel like God's saying that um, he enjoys your performance, but it's not who you are to him. And he enjoys the things that you do with him, but it's not like everything that you are to him. And so I just feel like he's saying like he loves you because he loves you because he loves you and not because of anything you do, and not because of anything you don't do. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I had the sense, too, about um, purity. Um, and, like, you're never too far gone. Because if anyone would be too far gone, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> and so we're never too far gone for purity, whatever that might look like in your life. It might look like um, maybe something that you've done with drugs, or maybe in um, a sexual relationship or uh, it could whatever it could be anything whatever it is you're never too far gone from that never and it's not even I understand that sometimes there's consequences and sometimes there's steps to gate to take to get into a place of health but when you come and you bring it to Jesus there's healing in one day healing in one day so there is healing tonight for that that purity is restored completely tonight there may be steps to take afterwards you take them with holy spirit but it's 100 percent restored the moment that you lay it down on jesus feet and then you get to walk in that redemption forever which is the greatest thing ever it's an amazing testimony there's a guy in the back right now and he has his hand like this this is a different topic yeah, yeah. He's like, mm -hmm, me. Um, in the very back, yeah. He's looking around. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So, no, not the same word. I had a different word for you. But as she was talking, I was looking back at you. Um, I don't know if this is going to resonate. It could be bad pizza. But I felt like that you have a future of helping people work through mental illness. So I don't know if you go to school for that yet or are or if that's anywhere in your field, but specifically with people uh, that have schizophrenia. And so I felt like there, it's possible there might be someone in your life that is dealing with mental illness, specifically schizophrenia, or possibly that's the where you're going with your studies. And if not, fine, you could totally have it wrong. But I did feel like that God was placing something on your life to, um, to help people walk through wholeness through mental illness, specifically schizophrenia. Does that resonate with anything right now? If not, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> Take with that what you will. I, I understood Clay last week to say something. I was trying to listen to the podcast. Like when people speak things over us, right, you can be like, uh, that's not. You don't have to, because somebody said it, you don't have to take it for, for, what, it, for what it is. I'm human. 
and I could totally get something wrong. That's what I felt like. So, so pray into that. And if there's something that God is highlighting to you, that's awesome. If not, I totally just got it wrong, and that's okay. It's okay. Anyone else have any words? I was only going to come up if you said, did anybody else have anything to say? That's why I'm up here. Um, it came to my realization that a lot of you in this room are struggling with, the, with the, adopting a new mindset that you are righteous. I don't mean like a self-righteous, like you can never be wrong, you can never make a mistake. But I mean like the, the mindset God has redeemed you, that the blood has paid for you, that you are righteous. I think because you believe that you're unrighteous, you continue in habitual sin because you feel like you're not empowered to break free from it. But God says tonight for all of us that because we belong to him and we have faith in him, we are made righteous, we are made right. And as we continue to take on that identity, we'll start seeing changes. We'll start seeing fruit. But it has to be a renewing of your mind every morning when you wake up in the, in the morning. God, thank you that I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you that my mind, my body, my soul, it belongs to you. So if that hits anybody on tonight, I hope that you just take that and run with it, that you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. So, Don't go anywhere. so we're going to take some time. I think I wanted to end early on purpose because I want extra time for people to get prayer. There's no excuse. We're not kicking you out. So everyone should get prayer. If you were one of the people that said to the person next to you, I want to make a change. I want to be a change. Or if you told someone you matter, speak life into them. Say something nice about them, especially if you don't know them. Just ask God for something. So when you came up here, I'm going to put you on the spot. And it's real vulnerable for me too because it's kind of one of those taboo things sometimes I don't know. I felt like there was something with heritage. And so I felt led to ask you what your heritage is. As in? Like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you look black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you black? Yeah. Or do you have a different heritage? I'm black. Okay. Yeah. So, because, because, okay, I don't, it's like this. <laughs> Dude, this, okay, here's an example. Here's an example of like, sometimes you're more weird than good. Okay, I'm weird. I'm being weird right now, but this is like, I'm being bold. Safe place. All right. That's what I'm telling you. Safe place. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to try it. Because I felt like, um, I, I felt like when you were talking, that what I got was those bland scripture verses that I said were bland. The begot, the begot, the begot, the begot. But I felt like God was saying, for you, those aren't bland. They're actually the spicy part of the recipe. And so I felt like what he was saying in that is there's something in your heritage like, go, like going back, and I felt like the bagats. he's saying, but the, when you read those bagats and they, they stop on a person for reason because they're highlighting, and I felt like he was saying the bagats. when you look at your heritage, this bagat is stopping on you because you're going to be a generational change specifically for your heritage. And so when I got spicy, I thought maybe it was Cuban. <laughs> I really did. I'm like, it kind of looks Cuban. Maybe it's Cuban. But that, that was wrong. But I got it. It was like going to be spicy. Like it's going to turn up the heat for your, for your heritage. And that he stopped the bagats with you. So you can. This is an example of somebody being spot on and being led by the Holy Spirit. Marissa and I, publicly I'll say this right now, we believe that our union, our marriage someday, will be the end of, of, of strongholds in our family. It'll be the end of divorce. It'll be the end of having children out of wedlock. And God spoke that to me, that everything that happened before us stops with us. So that's spot on. It's going to be spicy. <laughs> She's like, spicy, that's right. Mm -hmm, spicy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn my mic off. I just want to spend some time praying with you guys. Please get prayer from someone or give someone prayer. You are all equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to show the love of God. Have a good night, guys.
All right, guys, we just want to, uh, I'm going to close this out in prayer. Really quick, sorry. Uh, it was a little abrupt. Apologize. Father, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you that we get to gather here. And we just get to sing praises to you. And we get to spend time in community. And Father, I just bless everyone that's in this room that your love would just consume us. God, that what, the prophetic words that were spoken the teaching that was spoken, God, the things that we need to remember, that it'll just solidify in our hearts and our minds. And Father, I just bless everyone as they go home, as Thanksgiving approaches, God, that your love would just remind us of the beautiful time of being thankful of everything that you've done for us. In your precious name. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.